0: It's February the 13th. Let's read the Bible. Well, friends, thank you for joining us. We're on a year long journey, an adventure, a marathon run. We started in the, we started in the God's grace by the end of December. We're going to be at the end of the book of Revelation. So glad to have you with us. So far, we've done Genesis. We've done Exodus. We've done the first 15 Psalms. We did the Gospel of Matthew. Just finished that up. And now we are in the early chapters of the fantastic book of Leviticus. One quick note, if you have not yet downloaded the reading guide so you can stay up with us, we understand not everybody can watch 365 videos as we post them. So if you want to do the reading to keep up anyway, just go to keepbelieving.com. You'll see right there on the front page, there's a PDF download. It says Bible reading plan. Download that, and you'll be able to stay up with us. Thank you also for your comments. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for sharing these videos with your friends. It means a great deal to us. Now, we're today in the book of Leviticus, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Now, I have commented a couple of times that Leviticus is a great roadblock for many people in attempting to read through the Bible in a year. People get Genesis and Exodus. They do okay, but... Leviticus, it's a bit of a problem. I think it's a fantastic book. Wonderful book. And I think we saw that yesterday in the early chapters. Remember one word, holiness. Leviticus is about holiness. How can an unclean, impure, holy people, how can they ever, how can the unholy ever approach a holy God? And the answer is, you do it through sacrifice, you do it by worship, you do it by coming through the way of atonement by sacrifice. And that's really what these, particularly these early chapters are about. If you want an outline of the book of Leviticus, two parts, chapters one to 16, worshiping a holy God. Chapters 17 through 27, living a holy life. So the first 16 chapters tell us how God who is holy must be approached. And then the second half of the book tells us what does it mean When God says, be holy as I am holy. And also remember this. In the reading yesterday, at the end of these sections about the sacrifices, they will be forgiven. He will be forgiven. Remember these four words. Sin, sacrifice, atonement, forgiveness. We sin. There must be a sacrifice. Once the sacrifice has been made, there's atonement. Our sins are covered and we are forgiven. In fact, I have it as a little circle on my note card. We sin, we offer the sacrifice, God makes atonement, and we are forgiven. And when we sin again, there's a sacrifice, there's atonement, there's forgiveness. So that it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. God's grace, even in the Old Testament, far greater than our sin. So now let's read with that thought in mind, Leviticus 5, 6, and 7. Leviticus 5. When someone sins in any of these ways, if he has seen, heard, or known about something he has witnessed and did not respond to a public call to testify, he will bear his iniquity. Or if someone touches anything unclean, a carcass of an unclean wild animal, or unclean livestock, or an unclean swarming creature, without being aware of it, he is unclean and incurs guilt. Or if he touches human uncleanness, any uncleanness by which one can become defiled without being aware of it, but later recognizes it, he incurs guilt. Or if someone swears rashly to do what is good or evil concerning anything, a person may speak rashly in an oath without being aware of it, but later recognizes it, he incurs guilt in such an instance. If someone incurs guilt in one of these cases, he is to confess he has committed that sin He must bring his penalty for guilt for the sin he has committed to the Lord. a female lamb or goat from the flock as a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement on his behalf for his sin. But if he cannot afford an animal from the flock, he may bring to the Lord two turtle doves or two young pigeons as penalty for guilt for his sin. One as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. He is to bring them to the priest who will first present the one for the sin offering. He is to twist its head at the back of the neck without severing it. Then he will sprinkle some of the blood off, some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, while the rest of the blood is to be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. He will prepare the second bird as a burnt offering according to the regulation. In this way, the priest will make atonement on his behalf for the sin he has committed and he will be forgiven. But if he cannot afford two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, he may bring two quarts of fine flour as an offering for his sin. He must not put olive oil or frankincense on it, for it is a sin offering. He is to bring it to the priest who will take a handful from it as a memorial portion and burn it on the altar along with the food offerings to the Lord. It is a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement on his behalf concerning the sin he has committed in any of these cases, and he will be forgiven. The rest will belong to the Lord like a grain offering. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, if someone sins by uh, someone offends by sinning unintentionally in regard to any of the Lord's holy things, he must bring his penalty for guilt to the Lord, an unblemished ram from the flock. Based on your assessment of its value in silver shekels, according to the sanctuary shekel, as a guilt offering, he is to make restitution for his sin regarding any holy thing, adding a fifth of its value to it, and give it to the priest. Then the priest will make atonement on his behalf with the ram of the guilt offering, and he will be forgiven. If someone sins and without knowing it violates any of the Lord's commands concerning anything prohibited, he is guilty, and he will bear his iniquity. He must bring an unblemished ram from the flock, according to your assessment of its value, as a guilt offering to the priest. Then the priest will make atonement on his behalf for the error he has committed unintentionally, and he will be forgiven. It is a guilt offering. He is indeed guilty before the Lord. Leviticus 6. The Lord spoke to Moses, when someone sins and offends the Lord by deceiving his neighbor in regard to a deposit, of security, or a robbery, or defrauds his neighbor, or finds something lost and lies about it, or swears falsely about any of the sinful things a person may do. Once he has sinned and acknowledged his guilt, he must return what he stole or defrauded, or the deposit entrusted to him, or the lost item he found, or anything else about which he swore falsely. He will make full restitution for it and add a fifth of its value to it. He is to pay it to its owner on the day he acknowledges his guilt. Then he is to bring his guilt offering to the Lord, an unblemished ram from the flock, according to your assessment of its value as a guilt offering to the priest. In this way, the priest will make atonement on his behalf before the Lord, and he will be forgiven for anything he may have done to incur guilt. The Lord spoke to Moses, command to Aaron and his sons, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering itself must remain on the altar's hearth all night until morning while the fire of the altar is kept burning on it. Then the priest is to put on his linen robe and linen undergarments. He is to remove the ashes of the burnt offering the fire has consumed on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he will take off his garments, put on other clothes, and bring the ashes outside the camp to a ceremonially clean place. The fire on the altar is to be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest will burn wood on the fire. He is to arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat portions from the fellowship offerings on it. Fire must be kept burning on the altar continually. It must not go out. Now, this is the law of the grain offering. Aaron's sons will present it before the Lord in front of the altar. The priest is to remove a handful of fine flour and olive oil from the grain offering with all the frankincense that is on the offering and burn its memorial portion on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Aaron and his sons may eat the rest of it. It is to be eaten in the form of unleavened bread in the holy place. They are to eat it in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. It must not be baked with yeast. I have assigned it as their portion from my food offerings. It is especially holy like the sin offering and the guilt offering. Any male among Aaron's descendants may eat it. It is a permanent portion throughout your generations from the food offerings to the Lord. Anything that touches the offerings will become holy. The Lord spoke to Moses. This is the offering that Aaron and his sons are to present to the Lord on the day that he is anointed. Two quarts of fine flour as a regular grain offering, half of it in the morning, half in the evening. It is to be prepared with oil on a griddle. You are to bring it well kneaded. You are to present it as a grain offering of baked pieces, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The priest, who is one of Aaron's sons and will be anointed to take his place, is to prepare it. It must be completely burned as a permanent portion for the Lord. Every grain offering for a priest will be a whole burnt offering. It is not to be eaten. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, This is the law of the sin offering. The sin offering is most holy and must be slaughtered before the Lord at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. The priest who offers it as a sin offering will eat it. It is to be eaten in a holy place, in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. Anything that touches its flesh will become holy, and if any of its blood spatters on a garment, then you must wash that garment in a holy place. A clay pot in which the sin offering is boiled is to be broken. If it is boiled in a bronze vessel, it is to be scoured and rinsed with water. Any male among the priests may eat it. It is especially holy, but no sin offering may be eaten if its blood has been brought into the tent of meeting to make atonement in the holy place. It must be burned. Leviticus 7. Now, this is the law of the guilt offering. It is especially holy. The guilt offering is to be slaughtered. At the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered and the priest is to splatter its blood on all sides of the altar. The offerer is to present all the fat from it, the fat, tail the fat, surrounding the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat on them at the loins. He will also remove the fatty lobe of the liver with the kidneys. The priest will burn them on the altar as a food offering to the Lord. It is a guilt offering. Any male among the priests may eat it. It is to be eaten in a holy place. It is especially holy. The guilt offering is like the sin offering. The law is the same for both. It belongs to the priest who makes atonement with it. As for the priest who presents someone's burnt offering, the hide of the burnt offering he has presented belongs to him. It is the priest. Any grain offering that is baked in an oven or prepared in a pan or on a griddle belongs to the priest who presents it. It is his. But any great offering, whether dry or mixed with oil, belongs equally to all of Aaron's sons. Now, this is the law of the fellowship sacrifice that someone may present to the Lord. If he presents it for Thanksgiving, in addition to the Thanksgiving sacrifice, he is to present unleavened cakes mixed with olive oil, unleavened wafers, coated with oil, and well-needed cakes of fine flour mixed with oil. He is to present as his offering cakes of leavened bread with his thanksgiving sacrifice of fellowship. From the cakes, he is to present one portion of each offering as a contribution to the Lord. It will belong to the priest who splatters the blood of the fellowship offering. It is his. The meat of the thanksgiving sacrifice of fellowship must be eaten on the day he offers it. He may not leave any of it, until morning. If the sacrifice he offers is a vow or a free will offering, it is to be eaten on the day he presents his sacrifice. What is left over may be eaten on the next day, but what remains of the sacrificial meat by the third day must be burned. If any of the meat of his fellowship sacrifice is eaten on the third day, it will not be accepted. It will not be credited to the one who presents it. It is repulsive. The person who eats any of it will bear his iniquity. Meat that touches anything unclean must not be eaten. It is to be burned. Anyone who is clean may eat other meat, but the one who eats meat from the Lord's fellowship sacrifice, while he is unclean, that person must be cut off from his people. If someone touches anything unclean, whether human uncleanness, an unclean animal, or any unclean abhorrent creature, and eats meat from the Lord's fellowship sacrifice, that person is is to be cut off from his people. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You are not to eat any fat, fat, fat of an ox, a sheep, or a goat. The fat of an animal that dies naturally or is mauled by wild beasts may be used for any other purpose, but you must not eat it. If anyone eats animal fat, From a food offering presented to the Lord, the person who eats it is to be cut off from his people. Wherever you live, you must not eat the blood of any bird or animal. Whoever eats any blood is to be cut off from his people. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites, the one who presents a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord is to bring an offering to the Lord from his sacrifice. His own hands will bring the food offerings to the Lord. He will bring the fat together with the breast. The breast is to be presented as a presentation offering before the Lord. The priest is to burn the fat on the altar, but the breast belongs to Aaron and his sons. You are to give the right thigh to the priest as a contribution from your fellowship sacrifices. The son of Aaron, who presents the blood of the fellowship offering and the fat, will have the right thigh as a portion. I have taken from the Israelites... The breast of the presentation offering and the thigh of the contribution from their fellowship sacrifices and have assigned them to the priest Aaron and to his sons as a permanent portion from the Israelites. This is the portion from the food offerings to the Lord for Aaron and his sons since the day they were presented to serve the Lord as priests. The Lord commanded this to be given to them by the Israelites on the day he anointed them. It is a permanent portion throughout their generations. This is the law. For the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, the ordination offering, and the fellowship sacrifice which the Lord commanded Moses on Mount Sinai on the day he commanded the Israelites to present their offerings to the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. That's the reading for today. (laughs) What are we going to say about this? A lot of detail there. But there's three things I would point out to you. And all this is a gift from God. All of this is. It's a gift from God. It doesn't perhaps seem that way to us, but to the Jews of ancient Egypt or of ancient Israel, what a gift this was. The Lord said, it just repeated over and over again, the Lord said, the Lord commanded. God is taking care of his people. His people are about to wander through the wilderness and they're about to get in a lot of trouble and sin and so on. God knew how weak his people were and the Lord gave these commands not as burdensome commands but as a way to be forgiven and be right with god number two it's interesting how repeatedly throughout this god is setting aside certain parts of these offerings for aaron and his son's permanent portion forever throughout all the generations god is caring for the priesthood he's saying the peace people bring these offerings but a part of this is for you and the thing that hits me the strongest is It's not just that God will forgive our sins. He's eager to forgive our sins. He intends to forgive our sins. He wants to forgive our sins. Friends, that's why Jesus came. Jesus did not come grudgingly. He came willingly to do the Father's will. Remember the pattern. It's the same in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We sin. A sacrifice must be made. Atonement is given. And forgiveness is granted. Sin, sacrifice, atonement, forgiveness. The same throughout all the ages. Our God is a God abundant in mercy. We have no idea how willing He is to forgive us and to restore us. So lift up your face today. Did you have a hard time yesterday? Did you sin in some way or the other? Well, we all did. We all sinned yesterday. Remember what our God has done. Remember how He provided In the Old Testament and the New Testament, he has made complete forgiveness for our sins through the blood of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice. Go out and have a great day, folks. Come back tomorrow. We're going to take a few more chapters in this fantastic book of Leviticus. See you right back here tomorrow.